listening to the Child Life Cooperative Podcast, a place where child life professionals share their real and honest stories with host and certified child life specialist, Allie Jones. Ever wonder what hospital leadership thinks about child life? What would you want to know if you could get 20 minutes with the vice president of a hospital? Well, during this week's episode, a message from the VP, Allie sits down with registered nurse and vice president of operations, Angie Black, who shares her experience learning about and working alongside a child life program. Plus, Angie shares her wisdom about advancing in hospital leadership. Now, here's this week's Honest Story. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Child Life Cooperative Podcast. This is Allie Jones, and I'm here with a very special guest today, Miss Angie Black. Hello, Angie. Hello. Thank you so much for being a part of the Child Life Cooperative Podcast. I know you're a very busy woman, especially because you just received a promotion. Do you want to share a little bit about the role that you're currently serving the hospital in? Sure. Um, I am now a vice president of operations, which sounds crazy to me to say that out loud, but... (laughs) Um, I am over women's and children's services, respiratory therapy, and emergency medicine, so both adult and pediatric. That is wonderful. Congratulations, Thank you. Angie. Thank you. I am so amazed by just the way that you have progressed throughout your career. Would you mind also giving kind of a brief synopsis about sure. where you even started and yes. how you've gotten to this point? Yes. So my entire nursing career has been pediatric, so 26 years, and I started out in a pediatric PICU area in Peoria, Illinois, and that was actually my first exposure to child life, so we'll probably get to that in a bit. And then um, moved to Chicago and worked in a pediatric emergency department at a children's hospital for about 12 years in a few different roles and loved that time as well. And then came here about 14 years ago as a director of peds and PICU, and then covered PZD, NICU, outpatient, Um, but really anything that had to do with pediatrics. And then the last two years, I was in a strategic management role, which really coordinated our partnership with another children's hospital and um, did the the behind-the-scenes business planning, which was fun, but I really missed the nursing side of it. So I'm back. You've had such a huge heart for pediatrics, even from the beginning, it sounds Mm -hmm. like. And Mm -hmm. um, it's neat to hear the way that your role has, just your heart for peds and your heart for the hospital has opened up so many different doors for you, too. Yeah, I'm very lucky that this has all worked out the way it has. So Yeah. I'd love to hear more about your experience with child life as Mm -hmm. well, especially um, starting off as a nurse. Mm -hmm. um, Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like when you heard about child life the first time, those kind of first interactions? Sure. Um, So it was when I worked in Peoria at St. Francis, um, and really they developed that love of pediatrics in me. I never thought I wanted to be a nurse. I actually was elementary education to start, and we toured a pediatric unit, and I got to see the care of peds patients, and I thought, if I could just take care of kids, I could do this nursing thing. And um, thankfully, it worked out. My mom's a nurse, so she just really pushed hard for me to go to school. Um, so I went there as a new grad, and I was only 20 at the time. So I was the same age as some of, some of my patients, which was oh, wow. a little awkward. Uh-huh. Um, and back then, Doogie Hauser was like the big show, and he was this young doctor, so they call me Nurse Doogie all the time, and, oh, wow. including my patients. Um, but I got to have a lot of exposure through um, the chronic patients that we had. Um, we had HIV patients. CF patients, oncology patients, in a mix of really 
med surge also. But to see child life, I didn't even know who they were. I didn't know what they were called. I just remember thinking they are really special people at the end of the hallway in this really cool playroom. <laughs> and um, when I was able to come to Days and really see them in action was the best part. And so they would coordinate these activities for the kids that just normalized their life. And I just was so impressed by that. And um, I still remember names, and that was 26 years ago. I remember the talent show that they put on for the nursing staff, um, that they let each of these kids just be themselves for a while and have fun and the laughter. Um, And I just remember thinking, I got to get to know these people more. This is pretty amazing. Um, And then as I've gone along, I've interacted with other child life specialists and One of the things I'm really excited about is when I started here, we had a 0.6 for everything. And as you know, we have expanded, I don't know how many people now are in the child life department, but it's a number of people in a number of different areas. And of my career, that's probably one of my proudest things is that we were able to expand child life as much as we have to the point now that people know it's a necessity. It's not just a nice to have. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. That yeah. is very neat that you've partnered along with them and have really expanded the mission to mm-hmm. the child life mm-hmm. um, team and the services there. Mm-hmm. So when you initially met them, how do you feel like you mentioned that you'd observe them or like you'd see the things mm-hmm. that they put on? Did they do any sort of education with you on what child life was or how nope. did you feel like you? Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. it was just kind of I remember thinking back to my orientation and we weren't even introduced to the child life specialist and it was probably because I was working night shift and we didn't obviously have one on nights but um, that's a gap that I identified and thought we got to make sure that child life is part of our orientation process and Mm -hmm. the staff learn about them from the very beginning because you know you can get into this rote of I got to do my tasks I got to do my procedures and you don't think outside the box of including somebody who can help that child through it or the parents through it. Right. So um, those are things, you know, I take positive and negative and work it into how I can fix things for the future, and that was one of them. Um, I wish I had known about them more. Um, and honestly, I didn't know that they were there also for procedural support. Mm. So it was. it took a while for me to realize that, and then when I saw the value that that brought, um, never again would I go in and start an IV without somebody that wow. can help me and in yeah. child life way yeah mm-hmm. do you feel like um, it sounds like you kind of bought in pretty quickly to them mm-hmm. or like started to like think this is really cool mm-hmm. did you notice any nurses that didn't feel that way towards child life yes and I still see them today uh-huh. um so yeah. and I think it's not out of spite I think unfortunately we have entered into a world that we're trying to do more with less and we're trying to do it fast and so um I think sometimes in some nurses' minds, the fastest route is just to go in, get it done, and get out. Mm-hmm. Not thinking that when I don't have a calm patient with me, a calm child, or when I haven't given them a chance to process through this, that's actually going to delay it even more. It might mm-hmm. mean I have to poke the kid three times because now they can't calm down in self-control. Um, or cry with the... Um, permission to cry you know in a way that's healthy for them Um, and it just frustrates everybody so I found that even though it feels like it's a little extra time it usually is less time if you Mm -hmm. include somebody that can help prep a child help be there during the procedure and then be a safe person for after the procedure to help kind of okay let's put this behind us now and we're going to move forward and let's refocus on this and 
the nurses can't do all of that, and so they have to know that mm-hmm. there is someone who can, and right. that's what they're there for. Definitely. Yeah. I think um, also timing is probably the big one. I think it depends on personalities, too. You know, um, some personalities aren't as accepting, and so being able as a child life specialist to kind of change your communication style a little bit to match the person you're trying to convince to help Mm. might be beneficial as well. That's a really good piece of advice. Um, Not to put you on the spot, but Mm -hmm. have you ever seen that played out? Like, does does the time ever stand out in your mind when you've seen how that communication piece can be really Mm -hmm. important or in in this, even in in an effective sort of way? Mm -hmm. Have you ever Mm -hmm. seen that play out? I have. um, Personally, I've done it um, where I put my child life hat on (laughs) for a few minutes. Um, I was on the floor and I, I heard someone crying, so that always alarms me because we do hear a lot of crying kids, but you can hear the right, you know, yes. you know what kind of cry yes. is a cry of distress and right. you think, okay, what are we going to do? So I walked in and saw um, one of our IV therapists um, preparing the child to start an IV, preparing technically, not emotionally and not mentally for this patient. And... Um, so I offered to help, and she said, no, I'm fine, but maybe you could hold the arm, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And I said, you know, have you considered a J-tip? And um, she immediately tried to shut me down, and it just so happened I was her boss at the time. So oh. <laughs> I said, you know, let's take a time out for a minute. I'd like to show you something. And so we walked out of the room, and I said, if you're not going to use that, you have to use a child life specialist and Ooh, um, or somebody like who can help coach through this. And... Um, she ended up using both, which was fantastic. Wow. And she walked out of the room and came in my office and said to me, I had no idea how helpful that would be. And then she started asking for somebody when she would come to our floor because wow, it was so Angie. successful. And I would That's have never, amazing. this was somebody that like does adults all the yes, time. Yes, right. And um, would not be exposed to something like this. So I think sometimes even just being able to show people mm-hmm. how successful it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, that sometimes it isn't. Right. You know, there are some kids that you just can't coach through something. Definitely. And that's okay, but we have to at least try. Right. I think that is so true where, of course, we want to be, like, see the child life specialist that walk in and the kids screaming, crying, and the child life is able to <laughs> whisper some sort of magic. Yes information or pep talk to them and then they sit perfectly still but like there are those times when the kid is still screaming and thrashing and you still do need to try it three times Mm -hmm. and I like what you even mentioned of like that debrief time afterwards Mm -hmm. how how valuable that is Mm -hmm. to to help the the kid cope long term Mm -hmm. what sort of advice do you feel like you have for child life specialists in working with that that nurse that is set in Mm -hmm. her ways or Mm -hmm. his ways and wanting to just get in, get it done, like mm-hmm. to be effective. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's any strategies child life specialists can use to, to really partner with them mm-hmm. well to, to help them see, like, I'm not trying to slow this right. whole process down. Right. Like it's a hospital. Like you have to be fast-paced mm-hmm. to some extent. I think being present, so immediately present on the unit mm-hmm. is really helpful. Um, if you have to take the time to page somebody or call somebody, it's that's a delay that's perceived. And mm-hmm. so having a presence when that's possible, of course, that's not always possible. I think um, getting as many wins with other staff that can then also promote child life is really important. So, you know, you know, you walk on the unit and you can tell who your child life heroes are, the ones mm-hmm. that are going to say, I'm not going to do this without them by my side. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little bit of peer pressure as well, I think. And then 
probably circling back not in the moment. So of course, offering mm-hmm. your services, and if they say, nope, I got it without you, I wouldn't keep pressuring it because it's just gonna make stress for both people, which then the family will see. But circling back later and saying, you know, is there a way I could have approached this differently because I really wanna be helpful in this situation? Kind of get their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and being open to that, and then also asking for a commitment that in the future, could you think of calling me? Because I think we could partner on this, even if you want to talk five minutes before we go in the room, so we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. That might be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great suggestions. Um, it sounds like, too, I would imagine in your role having to manage a lot of conflict mm-hmm. and um, you know, just relating to people and doing so in a way that we advocate respectfully and mm-hmm. um, professionally, but also that we still do advocate yes. and like um, stick to our guns in a sense. Yep. Um, what's kind of your philosophy when you go into conflict? Like what kind of um, values do you bring when mm-hmm. you're working with other people and having to either advocate for child life or mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for some other sort of expectation in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Well, I think through conflict, um, understanding there's two sides to every story mm-hmm. and understanding that people generally come to work because they want to do good. They want to do what's right for their patient and they want to feel good about the work that they do. So knowing that that's a core value that most people have um, going from there. So not, I don't like your behavior, Allie, but you know what, from the patient's perspective, I think this is what we need to think about and really mm-hmm. taking everybody back to the patient and that's what we're here for. I think when we do that, we take out the emotional things on each of our our sides mm-hmm. um, and remember that it's really about the patient. So that's one. I think listening is really important. Um, again, we're in a society that we're constantly thinking about how we're going to respond to what someone's saying to us, mm-hmm. but really being thoughtful and listening, repeating back what you're hearing, um, clarifying questions, um, because I think a lot of times we're we're not understanding each other and that's part of the problem. So Mm -hmm. taking the time to really be thoughtful and listen to what somebody has to say and, you know, repeating back, I think I'm hearing you say this and they can say, yep, that's exactly it. Or no, not at all. I'm so sorry. So Mm -hmm. um, I think those are important things. Yeah. Can you tell me about a time when you have had to, I mean, I think you explained mm-hmm. a great example right mm-hmm. there of like having to advocate with the JTIP, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. are there any other stories in your mind where you've had to deal with conflict with um, either a child life specialist mm-hmm. or um, or another nurse and really advocate for best practice or for mm-hmm. the sake of a child? Um, I can't think of a specific example, but I think it probably comes up mm-hmm. in our everyday work. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just rerouting people back to what's important and it's really the patient that's important and getting a commitment to look at something a little bit differently and thinking outside of the box because we get so much into our routines and trying to again go back to being task oriented to think back a little bit and and rearrange how we normally approach something Um, usually once you can get somebody to try something new um, if it's successful, then they're going to be a little bit more open. But. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Do you feel like that's one of the best ways to educate for a child specialist to try to be present and to demonstrate and to like really model child mm-hmm. life? Or do you feel like there is 
a time and a place for like those in services or like those oh, absolutely. emails and stuff like that too. Okay. Yeah, I think both. I think mm-hmm. um, real time being available, but I do think in services are so important. Um, I know our team has created videos at times um, during a port access, for example, mm-hmm. and kind of showing this is what works and this is what doesn't work. And I think that's really important. Um, something like One Voice. I didn't really know about that until recently um, in the last couple of years and um, how important that is. And once I used it in my practice, which isn't much, but when I was still starting IVs, I I gave it a try and I thought, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. How overwhelming to a child to hear five different voices telling them it's okay versus one voice that's right. meaningful to them. Right. And um, so I think, you know, in servicing coupled with um, being able to role model it is really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of a, a little bit of an unrelated question, too, but I am curious, um, when you've been a nurse and when you've also worked with nurses, how can child life specialists really help you to feel involved? I think sometimes the tendency can be like, oh, child life is like the, the fun people that are coming mm-hmm. in, but like the nurses can be fun, too, and mm-hmm. like the nurses are also just as loving even if they are the one with the needle. Mm-hmm. So like have you ever observed or, or have any advice of ways that child life specialists can really help nurses feel involved in mm-hmm. those special moments with patients? I think definitely in planning things. So if it's planning a party or an activity, they love being involved. Mm-hmm. Superhero day is an example. They all love being superheroes along with the kids. Um, I think what warms my heart is when a nurse goes to a child life specialist and says, I have this idea for my patient. Can you help me make it come to life? Yes. Um, and so taking advantage of those, um, being very transparent with what you guys know. So what I have seen really amazing work is in the clinic setting, um, what child life and nursing sees is much different than the patient that they see on the inpatient side. And so to be able to share some of the knowledge back and forth. So when Susie gets her port access, she loves blowing bubbles. Mm-hmm. A nurse can do that. You know, a mom can do that during the procedure. But that that's part of the medical record. That's something that we all have access to so that we can consistently approach this and, and share ideas of what works, um, I think is really great. It's when we're inconsistent, that's what's scary for a patient. So mm-hmm. if we can provide that consistency, it'd be great. Absolutely. It makes me think of one voice all across the board, yeah. like still being like that one united team Absolutely. caring for the kid no matter what unit they're yep. into. Yep. That's awesome. I think one of my final questions for you too, and I know this is, could be a big one, but I, I'm i so impressed by just the humility that you have. Like when you, Especially I think that's, that's something that you hear in the way that you talk about conflict. Um, of just like this idea of considering the other person's perspective. Mm -hmm. But clearly you've done very well um, throughout your whole career and and have been such a leader. What sort of leadership qualities do you feel like you really value and that you really seek to demonstrate Mm -hmm. um, for any of our child life specialist listeners that are hoping to advance in the leadership Mm -hmm. as well? Um, I think integrity is probably one of the most important things to me. always approach, approaching things honestly and transparently as much as I can because that's what I would want in return. And I think I've always approached I want to lead in a way that I want to be led. Mm-hmm. And so incorporating that, sometimes it's hard, though. Like 
I have a hard time leading very direct people because I'm not super direct sometimes. <laughs> um, I am the warm, fuzzy, let's celebrate kind of personality. So I have really worked hard on being able to match the person that I'm speaking with. So if I'm talking to somebody who needs just a very direct feedback, then I become direct um, in that mm. feedback. And that can be hard if that's just not your norm. So it takes a lot of practice. Um, I think just open communication, and I really I try to approach everything as if I were walking in someone else's shoes. Um, it may not still make me happy, and I might still have to address some bad behavior, but um, making sure that I understand all aspects before I create judgment and act on something is important to me. Um, and I've been burned before by reacting to something that I didn't have the whole truth. So that was a learning for me too. Mm-hmm. So. I hear like in you just a level of reflection as you go, like mm-hmm. to, to reflect on ways that you can grow and improve and reflect on different communication styles that you're interacting mm-hmm. with too. That's really, really incredible that you're so attentive to that mm-hmm. as a way to continuously be reflecting to be the best leader that you can be. Thanks. So. Thank you very much for leading the hospital the way that you do with such humility, with such integrity, and with with such grace, Angie. Thanks, Allie. (laughs) And thank you so much for being on this podcast. But before you go, would you like to do the rapid five? Go for it. Okay. (laughs) So five different questions, five short, brief answers, which could be tricky to do on some of these. Okay. So number one, um, finish the sentence. When I was an RN, the thing, or I guess you always are an RN, mm-hmm. but when you were practicing as an RN, the thing that you called child life the most was for blank. Starting IVs. Nice. Very important. Got to use those J-tips. <laughs> Number two, as a leader in the hospital, what do you recommend is one of the biggest things for child life programs to do in order to promote the field? Um, I think being present is important. I think highlighting the successes is really important. I think... Um, our most recent one, um, where you engaged the NFL to be there for one of our patients. I sent that to the president of the hospital because these are everyday stories for you, but they are extraordinary stories to other people. And that's what helps them realize the value that is brought. So making sure everyone is aware um, and sharing stories that seem so simple to you really are important, I think. That was long, sorry. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. Number three, the toy that makes you the most jealous to play with if you were a kid is? So jealous if someone else has yeah. it. Slime. Oh, really? <laughs> no way. Like that packaged slime? Like making like slime anything. and then just like playing with it. Like oh, man. the putty too. Like anything uh-huh. that is textile. And that's that awesome. I love it. Even that's though so it's messy. Great. But I love it. I love that. <laughs> Number four, what do you love most about your job? the people that I work with and I know that sounds so cliche but I'm very blessed to work with people that care so much about the work that they do the patients they take care of and um, blessed that I still get to somewhat be a part of pediatrics because I just feel that um, they need an advocate and so I love it that's awesome and number five what or who helps keep you grounded as you continue to advance in leadership my kids so I shared with you earlier that before I took this job I met with them to make sure they would be okay with mom working a little bit more and um, they were so supportive but 
Um, they even can get my cues if we had a bad day on the unit and I'd walk in and had red eyes. They would say, Mom, do you just need five minutes to go take a bath? You know, they oh, just man. could read me and they knew that, you know, my craziness around all the stuff I've seen in pediatrics and the bad things that can happen to kids and me being nervous about them, they just take it in stride, thankfully. That's awesome. Um, and of course, I think my faith has a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Angie. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. you. And thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. So if you ever have any questions for Angie or any um, comments on this podcast, be sure to, you could either send me a direct message on Instagram, or you can email me at Allie, A-L-L-I-E, at childlifecooperative.com. In the meantime, may we all lean into the mission of the Child Life Cooperative by uh, learning through reflection, uniting for support, and equipping students to advance the life profession. Thank you guys so much until next, next Friday.